לאדוני כי כי לעולם חסדו. הודו לאדוני כי כי לעולם חסדו. הודו, 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 הודו לאדוני כי question of the European Union is creating much interest and debate in England and worldwide. Which leads me to ask why this pressure has come at this time in the 21st century to create a European Union. A European Empire which has never existed previously. Of course that does not mean it should not exist, but I ask What is the reason behind it? Is there some hidden purpose in creating it? One argument is that it is to prevent war in Europe, which has never been united, but has a history of division into tribes and nations, all of which have changed borders, usually because of conquest. Even the Romans failed to unite more than part, prevented by the Huns, the Slavs, and ultimately defeated by the Germanic tribes. Not even the might of Charlemagne or Napoleon or latterly Hitler could achieve this union, although all tried. So what is behind the creation of a European state? You can look at it from a political or from a social or an economic point of view. There are economic and political reasons for it. But at the same time, don't dismiss the fact that there could actually be a biblical background to this. And it may be that this European Union is a fulfillment of something which was foreseen more than 3,000 years ago in the prophecies of the Bible. I want to investigate this aspect of it and see what the Bible says about the creation of a united Europe. Since the events at the end of the 20th century, which saw the ending of the second great superpower, not just Russia, but communism, which dominated one-third of the world, we begin to realize that the whole of recent history, certainly the last 4,000 years, has seen a succession of empires and kingdoms 
And in more recent times we saw, at the beginning of the 20th century, the rise of the communist empire, which at its peak controlled one third of the world. Then in the middle we saw the gradual collapse of the British Empire, which at one time also controlled one third of the world. Now we are seeing, since the collapse of communism, the absolute dominance of America in world politics and economy. But yet alongside it arising a challenging force, that of the emerging European Empire and I use the word empire here deliberately. What is Europe? Is it simply a social union? Is it an economic or commercial union? Is it a political structure? Or is it becoming a threat to the world? Some would suggest previous empires were. Now let me examine this in a little bit more detail. I want to turn you to what the Bible says. We know from our history, as I have already mentioned, that there have been a succession of world empires. One clear definition of this is certainly found in the Bible. In the book of Daniel, a very strong prophecy, you find that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, translated by Daniel, of an image with a head of gold, chest of silver, thighs of bronze, legs of iron, and feet a mixture of iron and clay. Daniel was given the translation of that dream. There would be five succeeding empires. The head was Nebuchadnezzar himself. And Daniel said clearly that the succeeding empire, the silver, would be the Medes and Persians. The bronze would be the Greeks, the iron, the Romans. Now the interesting thing about the dream was that the translation literally began to be fulfilled at that time. The significance is that those first four empires were fulfilled in the scope or span of biblical history. But yet the Roman Empire, the Iron Legs, was to continue right through until the final dissolution in the 5th century AD. So that although this was a prediction or prophecy, it is possible to see the literal fulfillment of those prophetic empires. The only one not fulfilled is of course the feet, a mixture of iron and clay. Many Bible scholars who have tried to translate biblical prophecy have inferred that the iron and clay in the feet of the last empire is a restoration of the Roman Empire, but iron does not mix with clay. So it infers a weak, disunited power, ultimately to be broken by the rock. Nebuchadnezzar's vision, translated by Daniel, referred to the feet being broken and smashed by a rock, which we believe to be Jesus Christ at his second coming. But look at the New Testament in the Bible, where you very clearly get, in Revelation 17, of reference to a mystical figure which is called the Mystery Babylon, which would be revealed in the last days. Now look at this in a slightly different context. The first empire was Nebuchadnezzar's. He was responsible for building Babylon. Remember that the Tower of Babel itself was the central part of Babylon. In many languages, the word for Babel and Babylon is synonymous, although in the English we do use slightly different words. But they mean the same thing. Babylon was where Babel was. Babel was in Babylon, right? 
Now the Babylonian Empire under Nebuchadnezzar was destroyed by the Medes and Persians. Where? In Babylon. The Medo-Persian Empire destroyed by the Grecian Empire under Alexander. Where? In Babylon. The Greek Empire was destroyed by the Romans, also in Babylon. But who destroyed the Roman Empire? Well, there are explanations. History suggests that one can laugh a little, a bit because of this, that the Roman Empire collapsed because of an obsession by civil servants, where it became far too dependent on its structures, its laws, its bureaucracy, and it was destroyed by an accumulation of bureaucracy. But literally, the physical destruction of the Roman Empire was accomplished by the Germanic tribes in Europe, not in Babylon, but in Europe. Now this is going to lead me to a further evidence here, because I can prove to you without any question, and this is not a theory, this is an historical fact, and I can prove to you if it was the German tribes who destroyed the remnants of the Roman Empire in the 5th century in Europe, not Babylon. Ultimately, part of Babylon physically came to Germany, although not until the end of the 19th century. Babylon is actually today to be seen not only in modern Iraq, but also reconstructed in Germany. But before we go to Germany and have a look at this, we should look at Strasbourg first. I want to leave the question about Germany unanswered because this will take a complete program on its own, part three of this series. And you will understand better if we look at Strasbourg first. Now I want to bring you right up to the 21st century and have a look at the Europe that we are living in now. Not history, nor even Bible prophecy. Let me show you one of the two centres of the European Parliament in Strasbourg, which historically was for many centuries part of Germany and is now part of France. In my hands I have an ordinary Bible. It's my Bible. But for many people, they think that the Bible is just history. Or, yes, that it's full of prophecy about the future. And so many people think that all prophecy must be in the future, not in our lifetime, but sometime in the future. But I want to try to show you in a very definite way, a very clear way, that we are actually living in the time when Bible prophecy is being fulfilled literally today in your lifetime. For example, the Bible speaks very clearly that Daniel had, well, at least Nebuchadnezzar had a vision, which Daniel was able to translate, of an image which represented five uh, empires, starting with Nebuchadnezzar and going on to the Medes and Persians and so on, down to the Greeks and the Romans. Now, we do believe that the last empire that is spoken of in Daniel's vision is a restoration of the Roman Empire. But we believe that actually we can find that restored Roman Empire, not just in the Bible, but today, here, not in the future,
but in the day in which you are actually living at the moment. Now, where is this restored Roman Empire? What is it? Well, I want to take you on a visit and show you where it is and what part it's playing in your own life at this very moment. Come with me and let's have a look. I'm standing right in Strasbourg in France, outside the Parliament building for the European Union. Now, this Parliament building has been modelled on the painting by Bruegel showing the Tower of Babel, the unfinished tower, and this building is built to represent an unfinished building, but it is the complete European Parliament building in use right now, and I'm standing outside of it. It cost eight billion pounds. That's $12 billion to complete this, and it was only finished right in December 2000. Now it's in use. Years ago, when the European politicians wanted to advertise the purpose behind the European Union to persuade us to become part of it, they produced an advertising poster based on the painting of the Tower of Babel by the famous painter Peter Bruegel in 1563. The European Parliament building is modelled on that painting, but looking at the poster it shows Babel with the slogan in French many tongues, one voice, inverting God's judgment on Babel. Also, the five-pointed stars of the European flag have been inverted. But why? This is a recognized occultic sign. With the points down, it reveals the devil's head with horns. Look even at the European flag with its 12 stars. These normally signify the crown of Mary, Queen of Heaven. But in Babylonian culture, Queen of Heaven was the legendary title given to the earthly mother of Nimrod, builder of Babylon. But what is Babel? According to biblical history, the city of Babylon was built shortly after Noah's flood by one of his descendants named Nimrod. The people joined together in order to make a name for themselves and to increase in power and built a great city 
with at its centre a great tower and temple called Babel. This tower was a symbol of rebellion against God, intended to reach heaven and to prove that there was no God, or if he existed, the tower would be high enough to escape a second flood, punishment for their sin. God destroyed the Tower of Babel, and the city became known for sin and rebellion against God. Eventually, in the year 586 BC, God even allowed the children of Abraham, the Jews, to be driven into exile in Babylon because of their sin. While filming these scenes, I asked a journalist born in Strasbourg if she understood the meaning of the tower. She did, and confirmed that the members of the European Parliament also 